Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn, ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn, tell people to stay off the lawn, compare it to your neighbor's lawn, and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn, ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn, tell people to stay off the lawn, compare it to your neighbor's lawn, and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 225 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to preview the two Game 7s that we have on Sunday's slate. We're also going to say bye, Felicia, to the Boston Celtics, Houston Rockets, and catch up with a few we didn't hit in the first round, the Los Angeles Clippers and the San Antonio Spurs. Before we get to all that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I am actually very, very happy because Portland and Denver will play Game 7 at a reasonable hour for me. 9.30 p.m. Danish time, Sunday. That Well, if the Warriors and Rockets had gone to Game 7, they would have been at 3.30. You were, you yeah. were going to get a three, uh, whatever a 3.30 Eastern game either way. Yeah, but I don't care about, you know, warriors or rockets i care about the best series we've had in the playoffs in years so that is this reasonable. is this works out beautifully for me and the nba did everyone a favor so you, it's mother's day tomorrow so you don't have to ignore your mothers the entire day which is nice you can at least spare some time for a nice mother's day brunch before settling on the couch and not moving for 12 hours oh my god it's mother's day <laughs> surprise oh no <laughs> I am so glad you brought that up, right? <laughs> oh, no. My, my very stable genius of a co-host, indeed. That's not great. <laughs> well, well, while you ponder how screwed you are, let's quickly, we'll hit some Game 7 previews. For We'll start with Denver-Portland, because as you said, that's the early game. Um, I don't know, honestly, for both of these series, I like we're six games into both. And I still have no read whatsoever on these series. Like, I just don't know who's going to win either one of these games. But if you had to make a prediction on Nuggets, Blazers, the Nugget, it's in Denver, so Mm. Nuggets have home court. Who are you taking in this game? Probably Denver. And it hurts me saying that because I just want this series to be, like, the best of 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the the Nuggets have a home court. They're just slightly deeper, and that's even with you know Rodney Hood just tearing it up for Portland. Yeah, I don't know. I just I like their chances, but I I mean either way, it wouldn't surprise me if Portland comes out and and wins by fifty. Theoretically, I I wouldn't sit back and go whoa, really? right? Like I these teams are playing so evenly these days that I I'm just all in on this this entire series. So I, I have no idea. I'm just gonna sit back, relax, 
and enjoy the living hell out of it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I would lean Denver. I would not at all be surprised if Portland wins. Like you, I thankfully have no emotional stakes invested in this game, unlike the game will hit shortly, so I can enjoy this one. And, like, you know, it's game sevens are always just so fun because, like, the tension is ratcheted up to a thousand. And, like, it's going to probably be a somewhat ugly game. That's just usually how mm-hmm. these things are. You've played six games against a team. Like, there often aren't major strategical count counterpunches that you haven't already tried out do you think either of these teams really does do something drastically different tomorrow i was seeing like some speculation about maybe they start zach collins or maybe they start rodney hood for portland like do you think any any major lineup changes or rotation changes are they just gonna kind of like you know best man wins basically oh i'm leaning towards best man wins i would say i would say this so rodney hood starting I would be okay with that, assuming Seth Curry steps it off off the bench because they still need something off yeah. that pine. They really yeah. do. Um, and, and Seth, you know, he, he, he's got the capability of it. I really think he's been underutilized, not just in Portland, but even, you know, back in Dallas to some extent as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's always the forgotten guy, and, and, you know, he could actually swing this game. Yeah. If he comes off the bench, if Rodney Hood still keeps playing it the way that he's still done, like aggressively going into the paint, foul, get, getting fouled, even even making post moves, like where did that come from? I know. And draining threes and like, yeah, that that would be wonderful because it would give so many open opportunities for Dame and CJ to attack. And yeah. with Dame just lately dropping 30 footers. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, this is why I can see both sides winning this one. I mean, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Dave is on a mission, man. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if it comes down, as you're saying, to a role player. Just, like, which role player hits shots and which yeah. like which supporting cast shows up and which one doesn't. Because, I like, I think we know what we're getting from Jokic, Jamal Murray, Dame, and CJ. Like, I, I don't think any of those guys is going to have, like, atrocious game. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, does Rodney Hood come up for 20 or 25? Does Seth Curry hit a couple threes? Does Will Barton take, you know, he, he did not take kindly to the whole, like, their front runner kind of thing that Seth Curry said after game six. Like, does he make it a personal mission to erase Steph, or Seth Curry? Does Seth Curry want to one-up his brother for what he did on, on Friday night? So, yeah, it's 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 just going to be a fun game. I, like, if you haven't been watching this series, I know it's late and... You know, maybe you're more invested in Warriors Rockets. If this is the first time you're watching this series, actually watch it tomorrow if you can. Like, I know you yep. might be busy with your family, but if you're not, it's going to be fun. Just watch this mm. game. Yep. The other side is now tor- uh, Toronto-Philly. Mm-hmm. Toronto blows out Philly in Game 5. It's not looking good. Uh, Philly comes back in Game 6. You get an aggressive Ben Simmons. You get Joel Embiid, who is... He just looked far better, even pregame. Like, you could just tell he was more, like, he had more energy. He he just looked dead inside. He, like, when he was waiting to get the jump ball at games four and five, like, his, his eyes were just dead. It was like, this guy should not be playing basketball right now. He's, like, clearly gutting it out. So, hopefully he has he's had a couple more days of rest. Hopefully he's over the respiratory infection he had in the middle of, of this series. Uh, again, Toronto has home court. Who do you take in this one, Mort? Toronto. 
I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, I mean, look, uh, they've got home court. That yeah. Toronto crowds are wild, man. I've been up there. They're wild. I, I, that was actually against the Sixers, believe it or not, just during oh, really? a regular season game, during the very early part of the process. That was, this was oh. back in 2014. That's when the Sixers were fun. Yeah, <laughs> they were they were so bad, but they were at least fun. Like it, right. they, nobody really knew what was going on. Like who's the alpha? Like who's going to take this shot? Nobody had any clue. It was wonderful. It was Michael Carter um, Williams at the time. Yep. Oof. Yep. And and James Anderson. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, process legends. Yep. It was all good, but those guys up there in Canada, they they, they know how to support their team, and I think they will come out. You know, and be so loud initially. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that Philly doesn't have a shot because Jimmy Butler has been playing balls out. Yeah. And you know, he's he, if if he turns it in, you know, 35, seven and seven, which he's fully capable of, that could be one thing. But you need so many components if you're Philly to be on fire or at least contributing at a high factor. Like you cannot have another Ben Simmons game where he's just standing around. You cannot mm-hmm. have another game where J.D. Redick just isn't hitting. You can't have a game where Tobias Harris continues his 36% shooting. Yeah. Like You need to have everyone involved and aggressive early and often. Yeah. Yeah, Tobias, like we're long overdue for a Tobias explosion to the point where I just wonder if it's going to happen at all in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two things I keep coming back to are, one... When Embiid has been some modicum of healthy in this series, which is not games two, four, and five, the right. Sixers won two of those three, and two of them were the most resounding, their most resounding wins of the series. And two is that Toronto crowd has just been like, you're right, they're one of the most passionate fan bases in the NBA. Them standing outside in Jurassic Park, even for road games, it's great. Like, I love their passion, but they've been through so much with this team that I feel like if <laughs> Philly comes out and gets out to like, a double-digit lead early, every butthole in that arena, including on the team, is going to tighten. And they're just... Like, I don't know that they have... Like, that crowd has just been through so much that I don't know if they face early adversity. Like, that. I think that is Philly's best chance. Like, if if Toronto gets off to a good start, I think Toronto wins. If Philly gets off to a good start, I think Philly wins. I think this one's going to be a rock fight. I think it's going to be, like the games two and four where it's like first team to a hundred wins first team to 95 possibly wins. Like I think both of these teams are just so good defensively. And again, they've kind of figured each other out at this point. Right. Um, but I'm just, I'm going to be a homer. I'm taking Philly in this one. The The only thing that I, am, I, I don't know why I'm so preoccupied with this, but it's just been something that's been stuck in my mind. So let's assume that the crowd in Toronto doesn't react that well. It's pretty quiet. Like, they don't have their teams back, right? Yeah. And let's assume Philly actually comes out with the win. The next season, 2019-2020, I need Philly, with the first meeting for Toronto that season, to play Blame Canada <laughs> on a PA. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I think they should just yeah. play nothing but Drake songs all night. Well, that would be a great touring job to do, but I mean, yeah. come on. That was, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I also okay. think Embiid is like dying to troll the life out of Drake if they win this game. Oh yeah, you know after Game Five, like Drake was trolling him as he walked off the court, and Embiid told mm-hmm. him, "We're coming back." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which which he turned out to be right. So like I I honestly think I think we're gonna get 
a decently big Embiid game. I, do, I don't know. Like, I think Simmons had his best game of the series. Jimmy has been very consistent, so I think he will continue to do that. Yep. It comes down to, like, it just if they if they play good defense, I think their defensive communication was night and day between games four and five and game six. Like, I just think a healthy Embiid changes everything. And, like, of course, him not having to struggle to breathe as he's running down the court changes everything. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I it go, it's gonna go, it could go either way. Both of these games tomorrow, I it would not surprise me any permutation of who wins either one, but. I hope we're just in for two really fun games, and I will be nervously pacing for three hours tomorrow night. So, of course, every- and as would Brett Brown, who's you oh know coaching God. for his job. Yeah, what well, what we'll we'll holster that for the by Felicia. But Mark Stein of the New York Times just dropped a lovely nugget about how he's probably going to get fired if they don't make the NBA Finals. So, uh, everyone, if you are if you enjoy anti Philly rants. Get ready for if they get knocked out, because I'm just going to rant for 10 minutes about how terrible their owners are and how they are the second coming of James Dolan. Do I even need to be on the podcast when you do that? Yeah, I think just for the laugh track. And okay, to, to make sure I don't curse too much. <laughs> All good. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. All right, so let's go into the by Felicia's now. Uh, let's yeah. start with the two that just got knocked out, just because it's more fresh in our minds, and then we'll hit the Clippers and the Spurs at the end. Let's start with the Boston Celtics, Mort, because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you were down on them in the first round, and rightfully so, just because of the whole their chemistry is awful all season. And then they sweep the Pacers. They win game one in Milwaukee. And then they get swept four straight games. Kyrie Irving is catastrophically awful in those games. Just mm-hmm. like all of the goodwill he built up in the 2016 finals got flushed down the toilet in this series just because he, he played like disinterested hero ball. Like he he was awful on both ends of the court and he didn't look anything like a guy playing for his next contract. It just looked like he wanted to get the heck out of Boston. So... He will decline his player option this summer. He will become a free agent. There have been rumors linking him to the Knicks. Now to the Nets. Like Vegas has him. I think the Nets are the second favorite to end up with him. There's some speculation about whether he would go to the Lakers to rejoin LeBron. Uh, it was a little stronger before the Lakers' whole coaching debacle. And, you know, it, it seemed like they were going to get Ty Lue. So you could just bring back the band from 2016. That is, does not seem like it's going to happen. But... What do you think happens with Kyrie this summer, Mort? Do you think he stays in Boston? Do you think he goes elsewhere? And should Boston even want him to stay? Bye-bye. 
<laughs> he's gone. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. Look, I, and I think he's going to New York. I think all the other parts, like the Lakers, the Nets, smokescreen. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a Nick. And here's here's what I also think. I think Al Horford looks at that and he goes, you know what? I know that I have a $30 million player option, but there's no Kyrie. We're not going to make it further. Mm-hmm. I, I may opt out of $30 million, but I can sign with someone else for a longer period of time, just slightly less money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least lock in some long-term security because yeah. he's 32 at this Two. point. 32. So that means, you know, if he can get, if he can just get a three-year contract out of somebody, maybe even like a Paul Millsap contract. Yeah. Like three years, maybe not 90, but like at least at least three years, 80. Or like three years, I would say even like 70. Yeah, I mean, I that would be a bargain in my opinion, but I, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I could totally see that happening. And if <laughs> like, could you imagine Boston losing Kyrie and Horford in the same offseason? Like, then would there even be a point in trying to trade for Anthony Davis? He would basically be the only one left on the team. Like, no. Right. So that is the other complicating factor, and that I think the really interesting thing about Boston is how all of this is so intertwined. Mm. Um, and I wrote about this at the Basketball Writers uh, for on Friday. And Mort, speaking of the Basketball Writers, are you tired of clickbait ads, pop-up videos, talking head hyperbole, big market bias, and data selling? Are you tired of soap operas, wild speculation, and unnamed sources? Are you tired of padding the stats of CEOs and shareholders while your favorite content creators get paid pennies for their work? At bballwriters.com, they are too. That's why they created the Basketball Writers. At bballwriters.com, they concentrate on just the game and everything they love about it. The NBA, WNBA, EuroLeague, Fantasy Basketball, the upcoming draft, many more corners of the Hoops universe they're soon to explore. All in one place on a blazingly fast, clean site that lets you choose which writer to directly support while still enjoying all the content from their whole team. Elevate the conversation, elevate the game. They'll see you at bballwriters.com. And don't forget to enter the code the NBA Pod for ten percent off your annual, monthly, or daily subscription. That is the NBA Pod for ten percent off. So, I think the as I said, I wrote this article for them on Friday, um, mm-hmm. just about like the whole Anthony Davis conundrum, basically, because the whole theory is if you get Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving will resign, but mo- a, a big part of your the appeal to your trade. Well, also, you can't trade for Anthony Davis. The the trade cannot become official until after July 1st because of the whole Rose Rule uh, restriction, right. which is why they couldn't trade for him at the trade deadline. So a big part of the appeal of your trade offer, if you're Boston, is you have at least three first-round picks this year. Uh, you have, at, at, I mean, in theory, um, unless, like, Sacramento goes up to number one and it goes to Philly and whatever. They could have four if Memphis slips down. Um so you, you theoretically want to have that deal agreed to by the draft so you can include some of those picks. The Pelicans can tell you who to pick, and then you'll just include them in the trade afterward. But you might not know what Kyrie's going to do. Like, in theory, Danny Ainge is going to go up to Kyrie between sometime between now and June 20th and say, Kyrie, we can get Anthony Davis. Would that be enough for you to re-sign? And Kyrie will probably say something about how the earth is flat. Like, ask me July 1st. So, that's the question, Moore. If you don't have... 
a guarantee from Kyrie Irving about what he's going to do, do you still risk trading for Anthony Davis? Do you give no. up some combination of Tatum, Jalen no. Brown? You would have to include one of uh, Hayward or Marcus Smart, or if Horford opts in, I think you could mm-hmm. offer him as well, which is another, that goes back to the Horford thing. Like, if you're Al Horford and Kyrie is going to leave, potentially, do you opt in and risk being traded to New Orleans? Yeah, no. No to all of it. I mean, <laughs> I I just don't see the point. Yeah. The entire idea is to pair Kyrie Irving with Anthony Davis because they're on, like, the same age they're in the same age age group. Mm-hmm. Both are highly productive. It's like a point guard and a big man that they they need to connect together. And then you need to have some sort of stable wing situation in Boston. Like you can probably get away with keeping Jalen Brown if you're moving Tatum and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like no, it doesn't make sense bringing in Davis if you lose Kyrie in free agency, and if Horford leaves as well. Like then you're left with Davis. What? Uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier? Whichever one of Smart and Hayward were not included in the trade. Right. Like, that's not appealing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the really, like, it's, unless Ainge gets a guarantee from Kyrie, if you trade for Anthony Davis, I will resign here. Yeah. He's in, like, an incredibly tough spot here just because of all the different variables. Like, I, I lean with you also because one of the things that in theory set Boston apart this year, I mean, in practice it did not, but they had so many different interchangeable wings and having that kind of wing depth should be a huge asset, especially in a conference when you're going against a Giannis and a Kawhi right. and you know Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, those kind of guys getting rid of a lot of those guys or having to include them as part of your package for Davis makes you potentially weak at your strongest spot right now. Like, yeah, you're, you know, even if like, let's say Kyrie stays and Anthony Davis comes and then you've got, you have a starting lineup of Kyrie, Davis, Horford, whichever one of Smart and Hayward stay, Maybe you can keep Brown, maybe not. Like, you're really top-heavy all of a sudden. And you, you've sacrificed a you're lot the of the depth that... Yeah, like, you sacrificed a lot of the depth that was supposed to set you apart this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure that they'd be better off... Like, I almost think they'd be better off not trading for him, even though that sounds crazy. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I mean, that would be a Sixer situation all over again. And, and you know, sorry, but that's not... The way necessary to go, and it seems like we have we've entered into this fascination of building like a very top heavy starting lineup in today's league. Yeah, like you need five stars all of a sudden, and then <laughs> there's like no bench. Right. I I just don't think that's the way to move forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the theory is like it, top end talent wins out, and when you shorten your rotations in the playoffs, the depth isn't as important. Which right. I guess in like a small sample size might be true, but you also really reduce your margin for error because if one of your starters goes down with an injury and it's not like Anthony Davis has a clean bill of health by any means, I I don't know. You're just putting so many eggs in that basket. Like it, the worst case scenario 
I mean, the absolute worst case scenario is they trade for they trade for Davis. They give up mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown for Davis, plus you know whatever they need for salary matching. Kyrie leaves in a year, then Davis leaves, or Kyrie leaves this summer, then Davis leaves in a year, and they've got nothing. Like they have nothing yeah. to show for that Nets trade that should have set them up for dominance for the next decade. I would agree. I almost think like Kyrie leaving, you didn't give up all that much in retrospect for Kyrie. You gave up Isaiah Thomas, who we've seen what's happened to him since. Yeah. You gave up that Brooklyn Nets pick that turned into Colin Sexton. You're not totally like what whatever. That's not the end of the right. world if you lose right. Colin Sexton. Like you still I, have... I would just have to point out that Isaiah Thomas is still in the playoffs. <laughs> that, technically that is true. <laughs> yes. Making a big contribution. <laughs> um, but like you still have Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Smart, Horford, like you still have really good players, even if Irving leaves. Like, I don't know that you need to go all in if you're Boston. I mean, I, I almost think that, you know, a lot of the problem this year was there were too many mouths to feed, especially after the young kids led that run last year. And it's hard to mm-hmm. ask them to take a back seat all of a sudden now with Hayward coming back and our Irving coming back and Hayward, you know, not looking like his old self consistently so it's hard to tell a Jalen Brown who averaged like 16 or 17 points in the playoffs last year like go to the bench because we want to try to get this guy who's earning a lot more money but isn't playing as well as you right we want to get him going that's a tough sell and even you know Terry Roger came out after game five and it was like no one sacrificed more than me this year which is you know, you could argue is true. Like, he was the starting point guard on a team that was one game away from the finals last year and then went back to a low-usage bench role in which he severely struggled. Mm. So, I don't know. The bo- I think the Celtics are, like, the most interesting team in terms of, like, all of the different directions they can go this summer. Yeah. Because they hold... The- I mean, they really, Anthony Davis sweepstakes. We'll find out where... Or who wins the lottery Tuesday and where, you know, how that affects the Zion trade and AD trade and all that good stuff. But, like, in theory, Boston has the best offer for AD, barring a miracle. So, how that... I, I still disagree with that, but okay. Well, who... If, like... Who... If who would... I guess if Chicago won the lottery, they could put together a better offer. Yeah, yeah, well, I was speaking about Denver, though that oh, isn't oh, yeah. valid anymore because of Millsap now that I think about it. But you know what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, they have so many young guys there that you know playing off the bench, like Malik Beasley, Monte Morris. You can add Jamal Murray, Juan Hernan Gomez. Like, there are so many bits and pieces there that I think would be more attractive for a team starting over. And again, like, let's make no mistake about it. If you're trading Anthony Davis, you're starting over, right? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I still think, like, Tatum is the, the crown jewel of... I, oh yeah, I, I agree with that. Of, yeah. of like any Anthony Davis trade, and I think you could reasonably project. Yeah, he had a disappointing second season relative to his first. You didn't see the progress you would have liked. Put him in a role where he's more featured, and I think he's going to turn it. He's he's a fine player. I'm not giving up. On oh yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm very I am morbidly intrigued to see what happens to the Celtics over the next eight weeks because I think it's going to go a long way toward shaping the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Like, there is a non-zero chance that they get AD, Kyrie stays, and they're the favorites in the East next year. There's also a non-zero chance they trade for AD, Kyrie leaves, and all of a sudden they're kind of screwed after 
the 2019-2020 season. So, I and there's the possibility that they keep Kyrie, get AD, and it doesn't work out. Yeah, that too. So, everyone send your best wishes to Danny Ainge because he's got a very very tricky uh, next two months coming up. So, just to wrap up Kyrie real quick though. Mm-hmm. The reason I have him going to the Knicks was I was reminded. We have a thread on on Twitter mm-hmm. with a, a lot of writers and and bloggers and whatnot. And you know, in that, I was reminded of how much Kyrie wanted the Knicks before yeah. he got drafted. Yeah, like the Knicks was all he was on about. The mm-hmm. Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. That was like his childhood team, right? Yeah. It's wide over right now. Yeah. Like th- this is his shot. Like, you only have so many years in your prime. Right. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not saying this is, you know, it's bigger than basketball necessarily, but because the Knicks are horrid. Right. But I I just think that if you have a certain love for a a specific team growing up, and they can offer you a max contract, even if you're shorting yourself a couple mil, Mm -hmm. you're still going into one of the most active markets in the entire league. So yeah. you can probably make that up by, you know, on the side, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, why not? There's been enough smoke around Durant and Kyrie as a package deal to New York that it wouldn't surprise me at all. Because no. it's, it's not just, like, Lakers fans photoshopping every superstar into their jersey. These are, like, plugged-in reporters saying all year, these guys have been considering it. It's at least on the table. I would right. say if you had to say Boston or the field for Kyrie, I would take the field. Yeah. Like agreed. I think there is a greater than 50% chance that he leaves Boston this year. Yeah. Just, it, I think we're going to see some drama. I could imagine that Kyrie and KD are like already set on going to New York. And then yeah. maybe if the Warriors win the title, KD is like, well. <laughs> yeah. And Kyrie is like, dude, I just signed with the Knicks. Like, <laughs> All right. That would make me very happy. That could be so much fun. Yeah. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, let's go into the other team that has gotten knocked out, I guess, last night even, the Houston Rockets. And man, oh man, they had a golden opportunity, no pun intended. Kevin Durant goes down with the calf strain in the third quarter of Game 5. They cut, they erase a 20-point Warriors lead, but losing the end of a close game in that one. Durant doesn't play in Game 6. They go back home. Steph Curry is scoreless at halftime. He goes off for 33 in the second half, and they lose. Their season is over. At this point, Mort, where do you stand on the Rockets moving forward? Do they have to make 
a substantive change, whether in regard to their roster or their offense philosophy, their defensive philosophy, or is it just like, are they basically the 97 Jazz where they're just running into Bingo. this historical juggernaut over yeah. and over again? And they're they're a great team. It's just like they they happen to be a great team at the worst possible time. Yeah, that you nailed it. You nailed it. This is like the the tens version of the Jazz. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, they look. James Harden is an incredible, incredible talent. You have Chris Paul, who is still, despite his age, very effective, strong defender. You know, an emotional leader, a truly tremendous playmaker. But now I'm beginning to look forward. I'm mm-hmm. looking at that cap sheet right now. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, that's bad. We we all knew that coming in. Right. But it's the Chris Paul contract because you and I were talking about when he signed it. You know, he signed for four years mm-hmm. and almost $160 million. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about if you can get two good years out of him, then it might be worth it. If yeah. you could get three, totally worth it. But if you only got one good year out of him, it wouldn't be worth it. Mm-hmm. That's where we landed. Yeah. He's had a good year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he can replicate it. Yeah, I mean, like he was great in Game Six. They were, you know, there was some argument they're lucky to draw the Warriors in the second round because that means they're healthier. There's less of a risk of Chris Paul being injured at that point, and mm-hmm. to some extent that played out. But yeah, I mean, you look as you said, look at their cap sheet next year. They already have 116.2 million in guaranteed salary on the books, devoted to five players. The cap is 109, yeah. so. Fill that out with retaining some of their current free agents, or you know maybe spending the mid-level exception, whether taxpayer or non-taxpayer. It's going to be really hard for them to duck the tax for a second straight year and build a competent core. I mean, they have Paul Harden, Capella, Gordon, Tucker under contract. Gordon and Tucker are both under contract for only one more year. It's going to be very hard to give this team. A bench that is worth playing. I mean, you, you know, like it's just they they were down to a seven man rotation basically by the end of this right. the playoffs, and it feels like they're just going to be in that same boat next year. I I do think I know they are like in terms of offensive efficiency, they are a great team. I do think they could stand to improve, just in terms of like. I mean, at the end of Game 6 especially, in Game 5 too, their offense devolves into James Harden dribbles at the top of the arc for 10 seconds and then either tries to drive and kick for a three on the, like a corner three to someone else or he'll do a step back three. Mm-hmm. And they hit those shots at a decent percentage, but that's not high percentage basketball. Like that's not, just because you have the talent to make that work and it works more often than not doesn't mean it's like the optimal way to play. I think having a little bit more ball movement and having a little more player movement, just having something to make you less predictable. Like like a mid-range shot? Right. I mean, it, it's just mm-hmm. it's just so I feel like it's probably pretty easy to scheme against this team now stopping a guy like Harden who is a transcendent talent. He's, you know, he's catching a lot of slander on Twitter today, and I think a lot of that is unfair. Like, he played very well in this series. They, The Rockets just choked. 
I think that it comes down to it. Like, you know, they Harden did have a couple of really bad mistakes late. He had the offensive foul on Draymond. He had that really lazy turnover after Steph had, had hit the, like, absurd shot in P.J. Tucker's face, you know, on the inbounds play. Like, it's just hard to shake this feeling that, for whatever reason, they can't get over this Warriors hurdle because this, they had such a good opportunity to do so. But I also don't think they have, like, I don't know that you're going to, there's an option of, like, okay, find better shooters. How? Like, you have a mid-level and that's it. You know, it's it's not easy to completely renovate their roster. You're not going to find someone to take Chris Paul's contract, most likely. Trade Clint Capella, right. I guess that's an option, but... Yeah, for what, what though? Yeah, right, right. exactly. Yeah. Like, I trade Eric Gordon, he was your second best player for most of this series. Yeah. Trade P.J. Tucker, he's, you know... I. He was an incredibly valuable player. And you have him, I mean, he's under contract for one more year, and then he's got a non-guaranteed year uh, in 2020-2021. So, you know, he you need a defensively versatile weapon like him. I think, honestly, if you're the Rockets, I think you just have to run it back one more year and pray to God that Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it. Now, you talked about changing their philosophies. Mm-hmm. And in in terms of the mid range game, like that's the biggest difference between them and Golden State. Like Golden State won't turn down an open mid ranger. Right. I think that's the more simplistic thing. But at the end of the day, the roster is the primary concern because of the, the cap their cap sheet. Yeah. Like I don't even know what you where you go from here. Like, do you offer Clint Capella and and Eric Gordon for <laughs> for Anthony Davis? That'll be declined in a very very quickly. Right. Uh, besides, like Eric Gordon going back to New Orleans, no, be... <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. But like, you can't. How do you even retain Austin Rivers? Like, do you use your one of your exceptions because yeah. he's getting a bigger offer on the open market? Right. You only have non-bird rights on him. So, exactly. Yeah, you have Nene, bird rights. Nene is gonna retire, right? Uh, he was talking about it at least. Yeah. Yeah, and like, so you have, you have bird rights on Shumpert. You have early bird rights on Green. Non-bird on Rivers and Farid. So it's that's yeah. not great. No, you you're right. You would basically have to use. I don't think Austin Rivers gets a full MLE. I no, hope, no. I hope not. At least. Um, but yeah, you've, you're probably going to have to use some portion of your MLE to keep either of those guys, or you have to spend it on someone else. And all the while, you have to stay under the tax, which I, I mean, it really mathematically might not even be possible, but. Like I, I think it. You know, there there is a lot of rocket slander on Twitter today. I think Tillman Fertitta should get a lot more of it. Like, and we've been we've been on this the whole year, but yeah. you had a team that won sixty five games, and was in Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals last year, and you know, <laughs> the the whole like we would have won if Chris Paul didn't get hurt thing loses a little bit of steam now now that we saw what happened this year, but. You could at least make the argument that you pushed this version of the Warriors harder than any other team has, and then right. you make you cheap out and you make your ma- general manager get under the tax. Like you deserve this. This is uh, this should be a warning sign to any team that is close to you know that could talk themselves into being title contenders. And if they're like, oh no, we need to make cost cutting moves so we stay under the tax. Like I, I'm. I am subtweeting the Sixers owners right now. 
If they do this crap this summer, they deserve everything that's coming. And that's like for Tita the same way. If you cheap out on your team and try to duck the tax when you have a team that is ready to win right now, you deserve this. You deserve to lose. So about the, about the cheaping out Bart, you know, they, they gave Paul $160 million last year. Yeah. Was... Uh, was was Tillman the owner by that at that point? I don't think was he at uh, was he in control yet, or was that still on like the transition period? I don't a hundred percent remember, but I, I'm more referring to like the role players. Yeah, I, I get that, but I, my point is when you give a guy who is at that point in time what thirty three, yeah, four years and one hundred sixty million, mm-hmm. that's just going to limit. You know everything else that you do on the roster, like yeah. everything else, right? Like he sure. stands to earn forty-four million in twenty twenty-one. Yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're talking about a, a a contract that completely handcuffs you. I know that at the time, it was very much necessary to keep Paul, so that's why it had to happen this way. But you, you have to make sure that you're not sacrificing the entire structure of the team just to maintain one guy, even though it is Chris Paul. So I get the whole cheaping out bit, but that was just, I think, at the end of the day, that's the contract we're going to look back on. That's the, that's the CP3 yeah. contract. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it goes back to our whole theory of, like, it's really hard to build around a big three or a big four because mm-hmm. basically you have bird rights, like... You have you once you get your big three in place, you have bird rights, early bird rights, whatever on your current supporting cast. Once those guys are gone, you only have your MLE, maybe your bit biannual draft picks, minimum contracts. That's it. Right. So like letting Trevor Ariza go, I know he got overpaid like crazy by the Suns, but letting him go led you down this path where you had to rely on basically the buyout market and they got really lucky and it was a credit you know it's a testament to Maury to being able to work with this these constraints and still assemble a team that you know arguably was the second best team in the west not you know not based on record but like in terms of i think the rockets are going to push the warriors harder than whoever makes it out in the other bracket Mm. um but it's just a matter of you're still kind of stuck after a while when you have this big three just because you, you, you there's just I mean it's it's a testament to the collective bargaining agreement it's working the way it should you should not be able to continue assembling a lot of great role players around the supporting like around a two or three max team like right you have to pick and choose your lane and this is what the Rockets did as well they should. I don't fault them for choosing this path. It's just you had to know if we let our role players go, if we're afraid to retain our role players because of the luxury tax, we're going to be limited in the ways that we can then build out our supporting cast again. Right. So let's get back to the Rockets here Mm -hmm. for next year specifically. Mm -hmm. So I have this idea or thought that this was really the Rockets' year. Yeah. In terms of this was their last big chance because Denver, they're knocking on that door. Definitely. And next year, I think they've entered the room and thrown out Houston out the window, mm-hmm. locked the doors, locked the windows, and that's all she wrote for the Rockets. 
Yeah. Now, if you're the Rockets, your only hope is that Durant leaves and right. the Warriors are going to be in a similar boat where they're not going to have cap space to replace him. So right. they won game six, which is incredible. And it, it just shows their championship medal. I mean, they, a lot of them were saying after the game, this is one of our best wins of this era, which says something because they've won three titles already. I don't know that they can sustain it over a full 82-game season and over a full seven-game playoff series. So if you're the Rockets, I think really if you're the Rockets, you're going to run it back one more year. And then after that, Gordon's going to be a free agent. And you're either going to say, you know, we have they have $102.75 million in 2020 committed to three guys. Mm-hmm. And I believe the cap that year is 118. So that's not, you know, you're you're capped out already basically once you start factoring in roster charges and you're going to keep Tucker presumably. So I think 2020 is probably the swing point for the Rockets, but I do think they bring it back one more year and I think they'll be a top 3 team in the West next year. It's just can they finally push it over the top? Can they find the right role players to fit their system and do they decide to make offensive changes? Do they decide to switch their philosophy? Even not, I'm not saying they need to overhaul it completely, but no oh, team yeah, is yeah. perfect. Like if you don't seek to improve upon what you're running, then you're just going to stagnate. So it's going to be a long off season for the Rockets. I think we can say that much for sure. I I have one solution though, and I know it's relying on a 21 year old. Okay. They should do whatever they could, or they whatever they can. To acquire the draft rights to Carson Edwards, mm. even though he's projected as like in an early second rounder, late first rounder. Okay. You know, tough guy who can get you like, 20, at least in college, got you like 24 points a game. Mm-hmm. Because they need a, a reliable scoring knack off the bench. Yeah. For it sure. doesn't matter if the guy's undersized, it doesn't matter if, if he's young. They just need someone who can come off the bench and create buckets. Mm hmm. Because relying on James Harden to score 36 points a game. Relying on Chris Paul to somehow defy father time. <laughs> right. I, I, and, and, and again, Eric Gordon, he can be so hot or he can be so cold. It, there's nothing really in between. Yeah. You need something else. And you yeah. need some youth as well because this team is getting old. Yeah, for sure. Well, also, I mean, you need a lot more out of Clint Capella. Like, yeah. we, we haven't talked about him at all because that's how much of a non-factor he was in this series. I know he's limited in terms of he's not a unicorn big, but he was useless, man. He did nothing offensively. He needs to have some semblance of an offensive threat aside from rim roller and put back dunks. Right. And he he's even improved every single year. Yeah. But in this playoffs, I maybe it's the it's the whole, you know, James Harden focus that may have actually regressed him in a playoff setting. Mm-hmm. You know, just everything seems to be going in on, hey, James needs to make the decision. James right. needs to take the shots. James right. this, James that. Whereas Clint is a perfectly capable scorer around the rim from his own account. I mean, even rim rolling, like he's a guy who can actually get you 17 points a game if you include him in the game plan. Yeah. I, I don't I think he was included in the game, game plan. I just think it got mucked up. And I think Golden State is a switch heavy and very, very disciplined defensive team so i think that mm-hmm. counts yeah but i mean he's he's absolutely better than what he showcased 
Yeah. And now it's on Dentone to figure out, okay, how do I get arguably my second best player, third best player at the very least, more involved? Yeah. Because I, this notion that Capella is solely a defensive-oriented player who can't score is overwhelmingly incorrect. But, and it's problematic in a playoff series where you need him to give you more of an offensive yes. punch, and he doesn't. Exactly. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi oh! This next one's for you too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, let's go into the Los Angeles Clippers now. Uh, for all the slander we just had about the Celtics and the Rockets, I know the Clippers got knocked out in the first round, but I feel better about the Clippers' future than I do about the Rockets for sure. Of course. And you know, you know why it is? You, know, you there's a There's a trend here or at least a common theme, mm-hmm. whenever we talk about teams that ha- have very clean cap sheets, yep. we're very, very optimistic. Not necessarily because of raw cap space, but just because of the opportunities it provides in having financial flexibility. Yeah. You can take on people in trades. You Even if you're rebuilding, you can take on bad contracts for picks. Like Having a clean cap sheet is just so necessary in these days. Yeah. I mean, it's just a testament to what they've done over the past, what, like two years? Because they, yeah, yeah, Chris Paul was, the Chris Paul trade was 2017. That's two years ago. It's unbelievable that they, you know, they they were the prime example of a big three that hit its peak and never quite got over the hump. And then they flip Chris Paul and they get Lou Williams back. They get Pat Bev back. They got Harrell in that deal too, I believe. Like three guys who were major contributors to a 48 win playoff team this year. They've nailed some draft picks, uh, Gilgis Alexander in particular. Yeah. Getting, they, I don't care what happens with Harris and the Sixers moving forward. They boat raced the Sixers in that trade. Just absolutely it looks like them. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's beginning to look like it. Yeah. I mean, it's just how you get two first round picks and Shamit, who's just a good role player. For a guy right. on an expiring contract that you weren't planning on re-signing is beyond me. It was yeah. an incredible, like, just top-notch, phenomenal job. And, yeah, I mean, they have enough cap space already for one max contract. All they have to do is flip Danilo Gallinari, who, you know, he had he just had his most productive season. You, you're probably not going to, like, bank on him to do that moving forward. But I, I don't necessarily know that he's a negative asset. He's on an expiring $22.6 million contract. I don't yep. think they would have to package like a first-round pick to get out of that deal. I think some team would happily take him on without needing too many. Of course, players. when the Lakers strike out, they need yeah. someone else. Oh man, 
That would be so funny <laughs> if the Lakers strike out and trade for Gallo to enable the Clippers to have two max guys. But, I mean, yeah. yeah ne- like, never going to happen, but yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. But someone will. But, I mean, that's the whole thing is, like, you can very easily get to a double max. You definitely have enough for a single max. Kawhi mm. has been long linked to L.A., and now that LeBron is it with the Lakers and the Lakers are a disaster, it seems like you know the Clippers have made no secret about their desire to sign him. They've also they're you know actively openly courting Kevin Durant. And if I'm a free agent, is there a team out there that can realistically create cap space? I'm not talking you know like everyone could with enough moves, but like right, of right, the right. teams with enough uh, like a realistic pathway to max cap space this summer. Say you're a star free agent, a max contract mm-hmm. guy. Is there a team you would choose over the Clippers? Because for me, I, I don't think there is. You know, yeah, assuming you're not satisfied with the team that you're on. Right, obviously. right, right. Yeah, yeah you yeah. want to leave your team. No, I mean, it's it's California. It's yeah. a big market. You are in so in some respects, right? The the pressure is less on you due to the sheer existence of LeBron with the Lakers, for sure, because the spotlight is going to be on the Lakers. And LeBron, because the, that's just how the media rolls. Yeah. Which means if you're in LA, you know th- those microphones they might be coming at you, but if LeBron's standing next to you, next to you, they're not coming at you as quickly. Right. So I think that could be a huge benefit to yeah. whoever signs for the Clippers, knowing full well, hey, I'm I'm gonna be in LA, uh, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna go to a team with a great infrastructure, like a great organization, and there's a guy in you know the locker room down the hall. That's gonna get all the attention. Yeah. I can just do me. Yeah, yeah, it's Why a not? great point. I mean that you know the the famously quiet Kawhi. It kind of seems like right. a perfect fit for him. Like if he really does want to go to L.A., like going to the Lakers with LeBron and with everything that happened this past year is the worst possible idea. Going to the yep. Clippers, where as you said, LeBron's gonna be a media vacuum, especially given the drama from this this current off season. There's going to be a fascination with the Lakers, even in the Clippers. You have Kawhi Leonard to this team. They're a 55-60 win team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. E- I mean, and you really should never say easy. Right. It's talking about 55-60, but Kawhi's that good. Yeah. Just ask Bill Simmons. The 67 win <laughs> Celtics. R.I.P. <laughs> but, but, I mean, yeah. even, if you, even if you keep Gallo, right? Yeah. And then you get Kawhi, like, that would function well as well. And you'll still have a lot of cap space left over. Like, you could bring in right. a Dwayne Dedman. You could bring in a Danny Green if they just want to stay for, together forever. Like, you yeah. have room to add pieces beyond Kawhi because you have productive players on rookie contracts. And you have Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell combined next year make $14 million. Right. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. That's just an outrageous amount of production from those two. And then Lou is under contract for the following season for $8 million. Like, that contract is worth its weight in gold. That might be one of the best non-rookie contracts in the NBA. Of course. Yeah. So, like, that's also appealing to me. And then the Clippers also have, you know, looked out the hall at the Lakers who don't have a front coach or a, a head coach or don't have a team president and have Kurt Rambis apparently usurping the entire rest of the front office. And then look at the Clippers who have Jerry West advising them. They have Lawrence Frank. They have Doc Rivers, a championship winning head coach. And then they have Steve Ballmer, who is one of the richest owners in the NBA 
and is you know he's revolutionized the culture there in a very short period of time since taking over for Donald Sterling. Like, yeah, no, he's a good owner. Like, it's yeah. not just a matter of his 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 pockets. Like, it's he's a genuinely a good owner. He understands what it takes. Yeah, I mean, he he had you know the the owner learning curve, but right. it was way quicker than most. Yeah, and whatever he did that was bad wasn't really egregious to the same point. Like, I, yeah, it like just makes sense. Letting go, like it's just clear that he trusts his basketball guys more than a first time owner usually does. Because yeah. like if you inherit a team with Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan, most first time owners would ride that into the ground and then let all of those guys walk in free agency and like have nothing to show for it. For him to realize, like, we need to pull the plug on this thing and to do it in the way that he did and set the team up the way he has is, I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. Because that's not an easy decision. Like, giving up on a Hall of Fame point guard in Chris Paul, I know he was going to leave as a free agent anyway. So getting turning that into a trade instead of just a, a free agent departure was a hell and of a And a good move. trade. Yeah, right. Like, you get a lot of useful pieces that contributed to a 48-win team. And then the whole Blake Griffin thing. I know it was, like, really cold-blooded, but turning him, you know, re-signing him and flipping him six months later, and then Tobias Harris was the centerpiece of that deal, and then flipping Tobias Harris six months before he becomes a free agent, or five months, whatever, and getting, like, they turned Blake Griffin into so much. Yeah. So much in terms of value. It, I just, I, I'm absolutely in love with what the Clippers have done. I think, just, I, I'm in support of, like, the Lakers did not deserve LeBron because they have just been so poorly run. Like, the Clippers deserve a star free agent this summer. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know what's really fun, though? It seems like the Clippers are actually being played on a 2K platform. Yeah, yeah. Because what they've done and what they've gotten back in trades seem very unrealistic when you really take a, a strong gander at it. Yeah. Like, if you, if you had told me how much they would have gotten back in total... For CP3, for Blake, for Harris, yada, 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 the list goes on. I, mean, I would have told you no way. Yeah. It, they've just done a remarkable job. And I selfishly hope Kawhi goes there so I never have to see him in a playoff series again. It's very stressful. Oh, that's that's where it is. <laughs> yeah. always, with the, always with the Sixers angle. Okay. Right. right. I, I mean, I'm low-key rooting for him to get the hell out of the East because he is just a unstoppable robot of a basketball player it's horrible going against him but no i mean yeah like, you'll still have to run into Giannis yeah, and get know, beaten to pulp but okay right that's yeah. fine but yeah i mean i i really i i hope their plans are not for not this summer but even like i think the good thing about the clippers is even if they don't get a star free agent which i mm-hmm. i think is unlikely I, if i had to put my money on it i think Kawhi does go there but yeah. even if they don't, I have faith in them not to go panic and, like, give, you know, $80 million to bring DeAndre Jordan back or something stupid like that. Like, I think they'll just <laughs> – I think they will be smart about the way they allocate their cap space this summer regardless yeah. of whether they get a max free agent or not. I would agree. All right. So, so we're super high on the Clippers then. Good. Yeah. That is the result. <laughs> That's what it really boils down to, yeah. And and I think that shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone. No, definitely not. Yeah. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... 
Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. So let's wrap up then with the San Antonio Spurs. Who, yes. without fail, because Greg Popovich is the coach, they made the playoffs for like the 8,000th straight year. I I think dinosaurs actually roamed the earth the last time they did not make the playoffs. Pop recently signed a three-year extension, which is great news for everyone. Uh, so yep. he, he will be with the Spurs. It's It still sounds like he's going to take it year, year to year. Um, yeah. So it's not necessarily that he will be with the Spurs for all three of those years, but at least he has expressed some interest in continuing because we didn't know. I mean, there were, there were reports that he was considering retiring after this season or mm. after the 2020 Olympics. So it's just nice to have some resolution, at least temporarily. And, and honestly, I think this is probably one of his more rewarding coaching jobs. He took a really tough Denver team to seven games in the first round. He mm-hmm. loses Kawhi in the offseason. He loses his starting point guard in Murray uh, in the preseason. And they still win 48 games. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, I'm never, it's almost dumb, right? Yeah, like I'm never gonna doubt this team as long as Greg Popovich is the coach. They're gonna win for at least 45 games. I would usually say 50, but they haven't gotten those in the last two years. But they're gonna win 45 games and make it the playoffs. Write it, write it in stone. That's that's all we really have to say about the Spurs. But um, they do have a couple notable free agents: Rudy Gay, uh, chief among them. They also have. Dante Cunningham and Quincy Pondexter, but like they're otherwise pretty well set up for next year already. They've got DeRozan, Aldridge, Patty Mills, Bertans, Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes, Jakob Pertle, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, Murray, all under contract. So we we know who's coming back. And, and two first rounders. Yeah. And and like I am just terrified of their backcourt. With with mm-hmm. you know, Derek White, uh Started to slow down a little bit at the end of that Denver series when they swapped Torrey Craig onto him, but he's only going to get better. He's still so young. Get it, Murray back as well. Like that is just such a defensively terrifying backcourt. Throwing Lonnie Walker in there too. Like, will will a single team score a single point against their backcourt next year? Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. It's it's absolutely sublime defensively. They need a little bit of a push offensively, but you know what? Lonnie Walker has something to say about that. That's yeah. like, that's why I think he got brought in. Like they needed some punch, and yeah. this dude can do some damage offensively, especially under you know the tutelage of the Spurs coaching staff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean their their one pick is at nineteen, so I know this yeah. draft is not. I feel like, am I wrong in saying this draft is getting a bad rap because it lacks a lot of top-end talent? But, like, 
there will still be productive players in the 11 to 30 range. It's just that you can't really draw a huge difference between those guys. So it almost might behoove you to be a little bit further down the board. Yeah. So, so the problem with this draft class isn't really that it's non-existent of talent because right. that's crazy. Right. It's the thing. The thing is, you know, when you go after the, t- you know, after the top five, you know, you can argue that the next 10 picks, you know, 5 to 15, could go in other drafts, like, between 15 and 30. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the players coming after that are all, you know, G League caliber players. That's never been the sentiment. The sentiment has just been that the players of, you know, in the mid-first round or mid-lottery guys are not necessarily as projected as being as good as in other draft classes Mm -hmm. that's about it you can still find considerable talent you can still find difference makers later on the draft we've seen that every single year this year should be no exceptions and by the way i just finished my final um you know nba draft matchmaking over at basketball writers and you got one of your guys brian don't worry about it i well i know you didn't give me ty jerome which i'm pissed about did you give oh, me yeah, no, Ty Wool? I, I gave you some. Hmm? The kid from Washington, Ty Wool? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, gave, I, gave, I gave you Ty Wool. All of so, these wings who can't shoot. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he can shoot. I know, I know. He hit 85% from the line as well. This yeah. dude can actually do something. Yeah. But, but with them having the Spurs having the 19th pick mm-hmm. and the 29th, that presents a pretty good situation for them because they are excellent at getting value later on in the draft and going in to this segment that was only going that was going to be basically my only point to the spurs they need more talent yeah they need more talent i mean yeah. let's just be honest whatever pop has done what the you know the, the the collectiveness of the roster has done so so impressive but they need more they need yeah. talent um and, and having two first rounders, and I think they even have the forty six pick in the draft as well, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just check real quick. They have the forty ninth pick in the draft as well. Okay. So they have three draft picks. Like I don't think it's likely that they bring on three rookies at the same time. I think yeah. they should, but I don't think it's likely. So one of them will probably be a you know draft and stash, mm-hmm. which usually works out for the Spurs, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I seem to remember this Manu Ginobili fellow working out pretty yeah. well for them. Yeah, whoever he was. Right. <laughs> I like how Tim Duncan was like, who is he? <laughs> yeah. Never heard about him, Pop. Right. Who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there's definitely an opportunity to get better um, and, and younger. I, I think they need to begin their youth movement now. Yeah. And so Spurs fans uh, are going to flame me for this. Oh, no. But if they get a good offer... On Lamarcus, oh yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't think. I mean, I would say that about pretty much every NBA player. There are like less than or fewer than ten guys who I wouldn't at least entertain offers for. Yeah, I know, but you know the the, the Spurs fans have really grown to Lamarcus. Yeah. The, remember the first couple of years they were yeah, not very satisfied, very but anti. now he's he's been very much accepted into their family right now. So. Right. I would understand why you know people wouldn't want to see him move. Sure, but he's what he's from 1985, so he's gonna be 34th this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's completely reasonable. Also, I mean, yeah. 
You said, you know, you said the Spurs have 29. The last two times they had 29 was Derek White and Murray. Like they, they are there just, you go. they are so excellent. And Corey Joseph in 2011, they got a 29 as well. Like they are just so excellent at mining and quality NBA players in that range of the draft where it's really hard to get. I mean, they got Kyle Anderson at number 30 in 2014 too. Like none mm-hmm. of I mean, White will see and Murray will see. Joseph and Anderson are just like quality role players, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Like you're not expecting to necessarily hit a home run in that range, but they keep finding like their scouting department is just excellent, and they yeah. keep finding guys who can contribute to winning basketball teams in a range where like most other teams are selling their picks or like picking international guys that will never come over. Yeah. So I have I have a question for you that I've just been waiting on. Oh boy. So let's assume that the Lakers do flame out in free agency, right? Sure. They need someone else. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> They're looking at <laughs> DeRozan. Oh my god. <coughs> uh-huh. Do do the Spurs accept a package for DeRozan that includes um like Kyle Kuzma mm-hmm. and potentially Potentially Brandon Ingram. Uh, hmm. Would they need more? I mean, they well, they, they would have to presumably at least for contract matching purposes. Right, right, right. right. But yeah. Um, hmm. Well, I I don't know. Oh, the actually, Lakers no, should have yeah, some Lakers have cap, cap space. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it would be yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I would probably do that deal. I don't know if they would because I think they just want Pop to win forever. Yeah. But, like, that seems completely reasonable. Also, Ingram, the whole DVT thing, uh, that I think that just hurts his trade value so much, just the, the yeah. medical uncertainty there. But Notice that I at no point included Lonzo Ball. I know. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. If yeah. you include yeah. him, uh, the Spurs yeah. are out. It, There's no chance. Right, exactly. No chance they put up with that nonsense. Right, uh, but Kuzma and Ingram, yeah, that's interesting. From what I gather, are not problem childs whatsoever. Right. Not that I'm saying that Lonzo necessarily is. Lonzo seems fine. It's, it's more his father, Voldemort. Wal- yeah. Yes. Yes. His, yeah. Uh, no, that's interesting, especially if they can't retain Rudy Gay for whatever reason, and they need another wing. Yeah, and I'm just looking. The reason I'm, I I suggested this, I'm looking at the ages of Derek White, Deontay mm-hmm. Murray, mm-hmm. and Lonnie Walker. Yep. That kind of lines up with Ingram and Kuzma, right? And Jakob Pertl. Don't forget. And and Jakob Pertl. Or as the game of zones people would say, Yerkopolerol. <laughs> Yerkopolerol. Yeah. 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 I, you're, you're totally right. I, I think it's at least within the realm of reason. And that would be so... Oh, my God. <laughs> if if the Lakers went into this offseason... I mean, I don't even think they're like promising getting a free agent at this point. Nope. But, like, if they they leave it with DeMar DeRozan as their number two, oh, my God. That could be fantastic. Lakers Twitter would just have to hide for a year. Yep. Like, they'd just all have to just go away. You can never sign on again. LeBron drives, passes DeRozan. DeRozan drives, passes LeBron. <laughs> LeBron drives. Oh, shot clock violation. The ball's going back to Denver. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <coughs> all right. Well, that's probably... <coughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is a good that way to grab up yeah too good 
All right, yeah, that is a good place to wrap up. Uh, so thank you for everyone following. Please check us out on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Mort, enjoy the Game 7s tomorrow, and for the love of God, get your wife a Mother's Day present. Yes, that's that, that final bit is probably the most important thing. <laughs> right. By the way, totally forgot to mention this. We will be doing it before the, the, the season, you know, before the new season, starting July 1st, we'll be doing one more mailbag episode, Brian, because yeah. we promised people we'd do it. So if you have, you know, a question about your team or so, just some team in the NBA, you know, free agency ideas, whatever you want to pitch us or ask us, whatever we're going to do, one major mailback episode. You have several weeks, even a month plus, to put in your question. And so far, I think it's going to be Twitter, but I am considering setting up a specific email for this uh, segment. Ooh. So stay tuned. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But in the meantime, hit us up either at the NBA pod or at one of our Twitter handles as well. We'll be. Happy to field your questions ahead of what promises to be a ridiculous summer. But enjoy <laughs> enjoy Game 7s. We'll be back with a conference finals preview uh, early next week. And then we also have the lottery on Tuesday. So a big week for the NBA coming up. And please, God, Sixers, don't embarrass yourselves. <laughs> Amen. Talk soon, buddy. All right. Later, man. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.